It's not as if Pete Carroll doesn't have somewhere in his long history at least one occasion where he bypassed the obvious option. I don't think he's going to be doing that Sunday in Seattle. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also happen to offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll also check out. It'll be Steelers versus Seahawks. That's a 4.05 p.m. Eastern time kickoff at Lumen Field. I'll, of course, be there covering it for DK Pittsburgh Sports, and we'll be doing a special edition of this program from out there as well. Looking forward to all of that. Looking forward to all of the various matchups that seem to be in play. And I say seem to be because you never know until you take the field. It should be obvious, for example, that the Seahawks will want to take away George Pickens after the monster day that he just had against Cincinnati, in which case you would imagine that Pat Fryermuth and or Deontay Johnson are going to do some extra eating. Awesome. It should be obvious that DK Metcalf is going to have to go against Joey Porter Jr. And yes, that's the way I'm preferring to portray these types of matchups, given how Porter has played. But Metcalf was held out of practice yesterday for a back issue. We'll see how that plays out. I believe that the most important matchup won't be any of the sexy stuff or the dramatic stuff that we've been talking about for the better part of the week. This, I believe, my friends, is going to be something boring. This is going to be whether or not the Steelers can cobble together enough of a middle of the defense to stop the Seahawks' offense. What does that mean? Sounds vague. Well, here's one. Miles Jack just rolled off the couch. Now, good for him for making a couple of splash plays against the Bengals. This might be a little bit different. This is a lot of snaps. This is now a lot of snaps eight days after the previous time he had a lot of snaps. Whereas just before that, everyone involved in the Steelers process were openly stating that he wasn't even in NFL shape. Man, that's putting a lot on him. And Landon Roberts is out. So who's your other inside linebacker? Is it going to be Michael Walker? If so, be prepared to see him get picked on in the passing game. Is it going to be Mark Robinson? If so, prepare to see him get annihilated in the passing game. You see where I'm going here? One thing I really liked, by the way, that Terrell Austin and Mike Tomlin did the other day, kind of a quiet thing. I haven't heard many people talking about it since then, but Nick Herbig was out there, not so much as a true inside linebacker, but he was out there as another pass rusher just coming from a different spot on the field. Now, can he make tackles? Can he do routine things that inside linebackers do? I don't know. I don't know. It throws in just another gigantic question mark. And then we get into the fact that there's almost no safeties. It was richly encouraging. And think about what I'm saying when I say this, that Trenton Thompson was a full participant in practice yesterday. I know, nuts, right? Who the heck was Trenton Thompson even a month ago? And now it's like, oh, yeah, Thompson's going to be ready. <laughs> Here we go. 
Here we go. Patrick Peterson is your number one safety. It's the first time he's even tried the position. You're going to see the Seahawks go at the middle of the field. And what has me the most concerned about that, believe it or not, isn't anything that I've even mentioned yet. It's the defensive line. Uh, You know, I, I don't even know how to say this without coming across as disrespectful, uh, in particular to Cam Hayward, but Cam's not himself. Cam's playing on some percentage of whatever it is that he's capable of, and that's even accounting for his age. But Cam's not himself. Cam's never really bounced back from that groin injury that he had. He's yet to make any kind of significant penetration into the backfield. He's yet to have a really visible presence in run stopping. What it feels like to me where Cam is concerned is that he's filling in the blanks. He knows where he's supposed to be. He knows how to get there and he's getting the job done, but he's doing it without any kind of icing being spread on top of that cake. I could say much the same for Larry Ogunjobi. Larry's making his occasional play. Larry's not 100%. Larry hasn't been 100% since he got here. And then you have Keanu Benton, who we all would agree, I think, that he's been an outstanding rookie. But would you say that he's tipped the scales enough that you've seen the defensive line becoming a strength in his presence? I haven't. I haven't. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe that'll just materialize. On Sunday. But one thing is for sure. If they don't do their jobs up front, the defensive line, you will see the rest of it get a lot more exposed than it did against the Bengals. Because the Bengals are running what's left of Joe Mixon, and they haven't really been a consistent running threat all season. I don't want to give off the impression that the Seahawks are some kind of rushing powerhouse. They're absolutely. Not that. But they've got Kenneth Walker, who's rushed for 774 yards, average of 4.0. He's had seven big runs. He's had seven touchdowns. We're we're not talking about a star here. Again, I don't want to inflate this as a variable. But we've seen this defense of the Steelers get gashed by nobodies before. It doesn't matter who they are. And if that were to occur, then a lot of the other wonderful things that happened in that last game against the Bengals won't be allowed to happen because the Seahawks are going to have the ball a lot. And I'm not even throwing into the mix that they've got some receiving weapons there for Geno as well. And DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and the Jigba, they've got guys who can not only catch it, but catch it and run. And you're going to need these people in the middle of the defense to do their jobs. And eventually, you know what else? You're going to need a defensive line that you can count on for years to come. This has been ignored within the draft process in particular for way too long. When we come back, J1Q. 
Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and they've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. Today's J1Q comes from, well, a bunch of you. <laughs> kind of expected that yesterday's episode would trigger responses in one direction or the other. And it was actually, for the most part, pretty evenly split between the people who felt Kenny Pickett had every right to give the one-word answer that he did, which was no, whenever he was asked if he had anything that he could have learned from watching the offense the other day against the Bengals from the sideline. And then there was a whole lot of who does he think he is because he's not that good. And then there was also, and this actually was a bunch of it, there aren't many Pitt fans. I mean, that's proven every time they take to their home field. But they are passionate and they are really into it. I've learned that on this job. It's a small group, but they are noisy, and they made their noise as well. So instead of choosing just one that wouldn't necessarily be representative of all the feedback that came, I'll go through a couple of them here. Ronald says, DK, I mean, do you think that Kenny Pickett is happy to not be starting? Of course he's annoyed by it. Mason Rudolph played well, but he also did so against the Bengals whose defense has been abysmal the last seven games. Let's see Rudolph play well two games in a row. Pickett is obviously annoyed, but it's Pickett's own fault that he can't stay on the field. He's getting hurt every three to four games. Bobby says, only hardcore Pitt alumni with some sentimental attachment to Pickett think he can just magically get a lot better with a new offensive coordinator and be the Steelers franchise QB. That's not happening. He's just not very good by NFL standards. It sucks, and I wish it weren't true. The fact is, he's a bust. Now is the perfect opportunity to move away from him permanently, whether it's through the draft, free agency, or just Mason Rudolph being good, period. End of story. Rick Martinez says, I would like to submit that maybe Mason learned something by watching from the sidelines. Maybe it's not unheard of that one could pick up something from a different perspective, or maybe someone could be open to that possibility. Maturity and experience can be things here as well. You know, I I could do this all day and we could bounce back and forth. The only stuff that that really gets ridiculous for me is when people start saying you're pro Mason or you're anti Kenny. I hate that crap. I'm sorry. Look, with all due respect to this being a football show, 
We're just talking about football here. It's not that important. I never lose sight of that. The game isn't that important. The people involved and the participants aren't that important. I am definitely not that important. And neither is my view on football as a result. The things that you get pro and anti about in your life, man, here's hoping that they're a lot more important than football. All I'm doing is covering a football team, reporting news, sharing opinion, discussing it with you. That's it. There's no pro or anti. As longtime listeners or readers can attest, when the situation changes, so does the stance. I'm not an idiot. If Kenny plays well, the next time he plays, do you think I'm going to take some pro or anti stance? No, man. I'm just going to say Kenny played well. And anybody who argues it, I'll argue right back. No, man. He had a good game. There's nothing to overthink here. It's not trying to drum up controversy or whatever. I don't need to do that. In fact, this show, this specific show, I'd like to think has built its own brand on the fact that it doesn't do that. That you're going to be able to come here and hear what I actually think as opposed to what it is that I concoct will happen to get us a handful of more views in a given day. I couldn't care less. This is a side project for me. It's fun. In this moment, as I begin packing for the Pacific Northwest, my belief is that Mason Rudolph is best suited to beat the Seahawks. My further belief, although this isn't really even an opinion, is that the performance we just saw from Rudolph was better than anything we've seen post-Ben Roethlisberger from anybody. Not because of the opponent, not because of the time of year, because of everything. He checked damn near every. Box. He was the NFL's top-rated quarterback in Week 17. Not my opinion. Fact. Moving off of him in this moment would be clinically insane. No coach would do this anywhere. But especially not when the person who'd be returning from an injury to replace him has an 81.4 quarterback rating over the course of the season. It's not as if Ben is coming back from an injury at his peak or something where it becomes in the other direction a no-brainer to go back to your franchise guy. That's the umbrage that I took with Pickett's comments. It wasn't in a vacuum. It wasn't, oh, he said no, he gave a one-word answer. Let's drum up some controversy or some other nonsensical concept like that. It's that he's not anywhere near good enough to be saying something like that. I would argue that he's not anywhere near good enough to be thinking something like that. Of course he has something to learn every single time the football is snapped, whether it's in Pittsburgh or anywhere else. He has something to learn because he has an 81.4 quarterback rating in the NFL. He's not some established product. And you know who agrees with me on that in general? The Pitt fans themselves, because they say, 
They say, oh, he's just going to get better. He's going to keep getting better. Got to give him time. Got to give him time. And my counter to that is, if he's going to get better, he's got to understand that there's room to get way better than what he's been. And that's going to involve at least a little bit of humility somewhere along the path. I appreciate the questions. I appreciate all of everything that everyone had to say, regardless of the stance. And I am flying to Seattle to cover Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers take on Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. We will have a special edition of Daily Shot of Steelers that will show up for you Monday morning, New Year's Day, when everyone's going to be in great shape to wake up bright and early and listen to it, right? (laughs) Whatever. We're going to do one anyway. 